And I was like, they're not wholesome. And they were like, what are you talking about? Yeah, they are. And like, they didn't remember them as being that shocking, which I think is a testament to how far we've fallen into like sexless puritanical movies and TV that like something like the beach movies shocks me, but in their memory, it's like not a big deal. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I guess at this point it's like what, at least what, 60 years ago, right? Was 63. 63. Yeah. So it's about 60 years ago. Yeah. So I mean, culture has changed a lot since then. Um, yeah, there's a a lot to dig into with these. Yeah, since I wasn't feeling well the last few weeks, I actually, I had, um, time just to, like, sit and I watched all five of, like, what are considered, like, the canon, um, like, the canon API beach party movies. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah, I only watched, um, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes about Annette Funicello. I watched beach party i watched um pajama party (laughs) back to the beach and i watched teen beach movie okay yes i also watched all of those um yeah okay so do we want to go in on like a surf song what do you think i'm gonna make you play something that i know you would never play otherwise yeah go for it (laughs) and it's it's california girls by Katy perry (laughs) (laughs) You are correct. I'd never otherwise play that, but I'm happy. I'm happy to start with California Girls. Let's take a chance. <laughs> I know a place where the grass is really greener. Warm, wet, and wild. There must be something. like a similar like they kind of are similar to me in a way i don't know like they have an inner radiance is she italian katie perry i don't think so but she is, is she catholic she was california christian so okay. like protestant like big protestant okay kind of non, non-denominational vibes but yeah she just has like an old star quality to her and she yeah. also like very much defined a moment of California culture, you know, like even though Annette Funicello was not born in California, she was definitely like a California girl. Yeah, and I would say also that like Annette Funicello, Katy Perry also has a great set of boobs. 
she even said it at her residency. She's like, I wanted to be a singer songwriter and be like Joni Mitchell, and then I started putting things on my tits. <laughs> <laughs> it's just true she put whipped cream on her tits and you know after that point people didn't really take her seriously but i have the utmost respect for katie perry yeah i think she's one of the few like starlets i think that would look great in that like white mesh two-piece that annette finicella wears in muscle beach party yeah yeah, yeah katie has an old glamour look to her that is rare now, you know? Yeah, all right, well, um, before we get started talking, uh, do you wanna introduce yourself? Uh, sure, I'm Vera, and I'm back to talk about the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, these, like, these are some of my all-time favorite things, um, which are the beach party movies and their associated, uh, just cultural detritus. Um, yeah, so I came across the Beach Party movies. I swear, I haven't double-checked with my dad, but I'm pretty sure he would have either rented Back to the Beach for me or maybe even took me to the theater to see it because Pee Wee Herman does a number and, um, you know, we like Pee Wee Herman. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how I got introduced to them um, and then found, like, the original 1960s movies, just like late night, you know, late night cable. Um, they would they would show them, um, and I just became obsessed with this whole idea of, like, the California, like, beach, like, the beach party, and, like, it was all tied up in my head with, like, Archie comics and, like... Um, Saved by the Bell, and um, yeah, like as a kid, I grew up a lot overseas, and so it was all just extremely exotic to me, this idea of like, ooh, California, it's like glamorous, and everyone's beautiful, and it's just like yeah. laid back, <laughs> and like relaxed, and like everyone's having fun all the time, and just looking great, and that was the idea I had in my head, um, so yeah, it was... When I finally did get to California, it was not like that, but <laughs> but it's okay because you know what? The uh, fantasy image just lives on. I grew up visiting family in California a lot when I was little, and in my experience, Laguna Beach at the time was kind of like that. Um, it was kind of a paradise of beautiful people, and I learned about the beach movies first through my parents, who are boomers, and my dad grew up in Ohio so beach movies were very exotic to him kind of like you were saying like you know this paradise of California was so uh, alluring and so I had um, I had seen some of Endless Summer which isn't a beach party movie but was part of the big beach boom California craze um, in the 60s, which is about uh, surfers just finding new places to surf all over the world, I think. It's been a while since I've seen it. And that kind of got me interested in surfing and surf culture and stuff. And then when I was a teenager, teen beach movie on Disney Channel came out. 
And that kind of introduced me to beach movies because Teen Beach Movie was kind of parodying and paying tribute to the beach movies of the 60s. So that's how I kind of got introduced there. So, yeah. Yeah, it is a moment in culture that has almost completely vanished. Um, I, I can't even... I mean, I would think that the last time any of like this early 1960s, like teen culture or like this, even the surf music or anything was popular. I mean, I want to say maybe like the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, like when that was really huge because they use a Dick Dale song um, on that soundtrack. And that's the last time I really remember any of like surf music, the Beach Boys, um, and not like the later brian wilson like record nerd stuff but like the actual yeah. fun <laughs> did <laughs> like, you know the beach boys were actually good yeah yeah not like the did yeah like not the did you know the beach boys were actually good like beach boys but like the the actual good like mike love beach boys with like yeah. and safari and like all the hot rod songs and yeah like like that kind of stuff I, yeah I, I feel like that has all vanished from popular culture Let's go surfing now, everybody's learning how Come on a safari with me Come on a safari with me Early in the morning we'll be starting out Some honeys will be coming along We're loading up our woody with our boards inside And heading out singing our song Come on baby, wait for me Yes, I'm gonna take you surfing I think the beach has vanished. Um, I think that the beach movies symbolize a lot of things that are not or have not been popular for the past decade. And they symbolize like teens on their own without parental supervision and like kind of like unrestrained teen sexuality and things that are just like really taboo again now almost more taboo than they were at the time like the there's no there are adults in these movies but they're not there in like a supervisory capacity they're there for comic relief (laughs) yes yeah and um yeah there are just like these teens on spring break or whatever just there to like drink some beers at the beach hut and like play in the waves all day there's no i mean there there's like little threads of like well are we gonna get married um or um are you just gonna sit around on the beach all day and do nothing but yeah (laughs) but those things are kind of i mean you can you can see them as sort of a fig leaf for Mm -hmm. the rest of the rest of like the main um say thrust of these films which is shots of bikini clad asses just shaking it at the camera (laughs) the way that people wiggle around like live nerves you know it is shocking it's shocking today um because there's something like so kind of blunt about it 
because it's not really like stylized dancing, like restrained, stylized, choreographed dancing the way that dancing is depicted now in movies. You know, like they are literally just like writhing around like horny worms. <laughs> you know, like it's shocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um it is just like a entirely different era. But maybe we hmm. Okay, well it's maybe we should start with an overview of should do an overview of the beach party movies and then go to the um the well isn't beach the movie, or do you want to start like Annette Funicello oh, also, start with Annette? Like, I think we should start with Annette because I feel like the genre would not have been what it was without her that's a good point yeah um so Annette Funicello um who passed away gosh I should pull up her in 2013. Okay, do you have the info up? Yeah, she... Um... It was, I remember it was right before Teen Beach Movie came out. And I don't know if Teen Beach Movie came out because it was some sort of tribute to her. But anyway, yeah, 2013. Yeah, um, and I can link to the little um, TV movie about her life because it is very sweet. But yeah, she was just a, an ordinary Italian Catholic girl... Um, in California who got scouted um, by Walt Disney to be um, a Mouseketeer and I saw something that um, I kind of implied he saw her as like a little mini Sophia Loren because I think like Italians were quite glamorous at the time or mm-hmm. like there was this whole idea of like <laughs> you know like the Italian bombshell which yeah. is something else that's really uh, vanished from from culture but yeah, so she was like this little mini Sophia Loren, like this kid, um, 12 years old. And then she kind of grows up on the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, yeah, and, and Disney, Mr. Disney himself, Walt Disney, had really plucked her for stardom and um, kept an eye on her. And she had like this very, I won't say charmed, but I mean, you see a lot of negative stuff about child stars. But I think Annette, thanks to her mother and the protection of Walt Disney I -hmm. think she had a pretty you know safe and um happy child stardom it was so refreshing to watch a dream is a wish your heart makes the 1995 uh it's kind of a biopic ish type thing that she's actually in um and to see Walt Disney depicted positively and to also see that she had a good relationship with her parents like with her mom in particular and the tone of the biopic was so happy and professional and radiant just like her and it was really nice because the past decade has just been so much the hidden underbelly of Hollywood and you know and all this kind of stuff that (laughs) Yeah, like the the hashtag Me Too. And Annette Annette had no Me Too. There was no Me Too in her. And I'm sure yeah. that she encountered creepy people and she probably encountered that. But she was such a professional that she didn't want to, like, have any sort of victim tone to anything. You know, like, she she was grateful for her life, truly. And... 
Uh, it was just so refreshing because I think that the obscene underbelly dark side stuff has been exaggerated a lot in the past decade, like taken to, you know, the other extreme where we're supposed to be like surprised about things that seem obvious sometimes, you know? So it was refreshing that like her, her own depiction of her life, because the movie's based on her autobiography was very positive and um she had ms toward the latter half of her life which was devastating obviously but she still had such a like positive radiant um aura and she was like a disney princess in real life you know like you expect like woodland creatures to sing around her I've never seen anything bad. Like, nobody has ever, ever said anything bad about Annette. She just seemed like this beloved person. Um, yeah. That just everyone loved her, and she was just very sweet. And, and yeah, and she herself said um, that she, you know, wasn't the best singer. She wasn't the best dancer. And... Um, I, I read a little bit of a, another biography of her and that's written from a little bit more critical stance, but, um, Annette, when she would go in the studio to sing, she was always very, very nervous. And eventually they figured out that, um, if they double tracked her vocals, she felt less self-conscious about it. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and she had such a great sense of rhythm that she was just very good at, at hitting all the right notes at the right time. So even though she didn't have like a trained voice or even um, what anyone would consider like a good singing voice, she still, I think, sang very well um, for the style of song that she was given. Uh-huh, she loves a monkey's uncle, yeah, yeah. She loves a monkey's uncle, whoa, whoa. She loves the monkey's uncle. And the monkey's uncle's ate for me. Well, I don't care what the whole world thinks. She loves the monkey's uncle. Call us a couple of missing links. She loves the monkey's uncle. Love all his monkey shines. Every day is Valentine's. I love the monkey's uncle and the monkey's uncle's ate for me. Ate for me. She loves a monkey's uncle, yeah, yeah. She loves a monkey's uncle, whoa, whoa. She loves a monkey's uncle. And the monkey's uncle's ate for me. The kiss in my heart jumps like a clown. She loves a monkey's uncle. Feels like the circus just came to town. She loves a monkey's uncle. I'd live in a jungle gym in order to be with him. I love the monkey's uncle, and I wish I were the monkey's aunt. Monkey's aunt. And she also had a star quality. Mm. People get hung up on technical ability sometimes, and I don't think that's always the most important thing. You know, she just she had a star quality about her, where when she was on screen, you looked at her and only her, and nobody else really mattered. Yeah, even when she was in the one-piece bathing suit and all these other girls were in bikinis, your eye is still drawn to her. She was really beautiful and very charismatic. And 
you can say a lot of things about Walt Disney, but he really did have an eye for <laughs> for a beauty because she did turn into like a, a you know the beach beach blanket Sophia Loren. He did, and you know there's been a lot of negative <laughs> discussion of Walt Disney and Disney in general. Um, I think in recent years, I think people have grown like annoyed and frustrated with like the quote unquote Disney adult and like this perception of Disney as cringe or bad. And I find that annoying because I think that Disney himself and like Disney movies and Disney, the empire is so important to American culture and it brought so much joy and still does. And I, so I was happy that he was depicted positively in the biopic because I think that he kind of deserves that and not all this, like, I don't know, this like backlash against him when he literally shaped like so much about American uh, entertainment. Yeah, it is kind of ironic now that I think um, Tokyo Disney and um, Tokyo Disney see the theme parks over there. I think they do a better job of preserving that Disney heritage and Disney like magic than we do over here. <laughs> it's all very There's been a lot of irony turmoil free. within Disney in recent years, so that that doesn't surprise me. Um, but that's that's sad because I mean, when you think about all the Disney princess movies and everything, I mean, the you know, the influence of that um was immense and I, I, like I said, I think Annette was kind of like this Disney princess come to life. And she has this quality that's similar to Olivia Newton-John and like Mary Tyler Moore and I think Katy Perry, which is like she makes you feel happy when you look at her. There's just like happiness and a cheeriness to her presence. Yeah, it's just this inherent charisma. It's the kind of thing that you can't teach. You either have it or you don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, <laughs> I think one of the funniest parts of this whole, like the beach party movie phenomenon is that Annette Finicello famously hated the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but which she, makes sense. Yeah. But she was such a pro about it that you Italian would never girls know. be hating the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it is funny now that, you know, we think of, I think, in part thanks to the Jersey Shore, um, I guess that phenomenon, yes. there is this trashy image of Italian-Americans and mm -hmm. um, especially like, you know, you think Italian-Americans at the beach, um, you think the situation and Polly D and Jay Wow mm -hmm. and getting drunk and passing out. The boardwalk. The, that yeah. famous scene of Snooki <laughs> saying, Where's the beach? and like screaming, Where's the beach? when she's on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> or Polly D. Uh, or was it the situation? I mean, that's my favorite line. You're stalking my whole life on the boardwalk. <laughs> yeah, that was Polly. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I mean, I love Jersey Shore. I've talked about Jersey Shore on another podcast and its influence. Um, and yeah, the perception of Italian-Americans has like evolved and changed so much over the years. And um, it's funny that Annette and Frankie became the faces of the Southern California beach when they were both like Italian American <laughs> who at the time were still considered kind of not quite white, like ethnic others, yeah. you know? And, um, 
they managed to be these icons. And I think part of that is because tanning became very trendy and having a tan was trendy at the time. And obviously Italian Americans, we can get pretty tan. And so they actually kind of embodied a certain beauty standard that uh, became popular with young people at the time. Yeah, my mom is also a boomer and she's a you know very nice um Irish Catholic uh lady from outside Boston but in when she was growing up like spaghetti was still considered like an ethnic food mm-hmm. um, which now has become totally americanized but i so in um muscle beach party it's actually pretty funny they have on um this italian actress uh, luciana paluzzi i don't know if i pronounced that right but mm-hmm. um you know, this is very gorgeous. She was in like a James Bond movie. Um, and they, like Annette gets really mad and starts calling her because she's like her rival for Frankie's attention. It starts calling her like a meatball. And like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, I've got, she's like, oh, I don't want to like get indigestion from pizza. And it's like, these are really. <laughs> Wow, Italian on Italian. Italian, yeah, it was really funny. (laughs) Like you wouldn't see that today; you just wouldn't. (laughs) No, yeah. (laughs) So the first beach movie was Beach Party, right? Nineteen sixty-three. Nineteen sixty-three. You got an early start. We're gonna have a ball. We're gonna ride the surf. And that ain't all. So the Beach Party movies, um, they're all from, so there's like the canonical five, which is Beach Party, Muscle Beach Party, Bikini Beach, Pajama Party, and then Beach Blanket Bingo. And these are all from 63 to 65. And there's others that come after, but like those first five are considered like the beach movies. Um, And they were out of American International Pictures, which was like this schlock, um like schlock like film production company that they did like a series of like juvenile delinquent films um and then they did like they you know these um schlocky horror films and um yeah so i guess there are competing stories as to how these beach movies started but i think it was kind of something like something was in the air like there was like a big like life um, magazine cover story about like the beach boys and like the beach and surfing and um so yeah so they there was just like this move to like well okay we've done all these jd pictures well let's do something with like teenagers but instead of being juvenile delinquents we'll just 
stick them on the beach in bikinis. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and yeah, you had like all the all the elements for like a style of movie that was going to get teenagers like to the drive in, which was really the goal. And so, yeah, so it's like a combination of like cheesecake, beefcake, and then like an element of vaudeville because they brought in all of these like um just classic character actors from like Vincent Price, um Peter Lorre, like from the horror movies, um and then you had like the comedians like Don Rickles. Like in Beach Blanket Bingo, Don Rickles like goes off on like a they give him like a five minute like bit to do like insult comedy. And he like, and he, like it's really funny. Like there's just like here's this teen beach movie, but we're gonna take like five minutes to get you know, like we're gonna give Don five. Um and yeah, just like these um yeah, like just these uh oh Maury Amsterdam, um, who people might know from um the Dick Van Dyke show. So yeah, it's just like this um this interesting just combination of elements. Uh comedy, sex appeal there'd always be some sort of like gags and um yeah then like you'd have like the big fight with um especially like the um like the gang of uh comedic juvenile delinquents Mm -hmm. led led by eric von zipper um yeah there's always a biker gang (laughs) except in muscle beach party where it is the the rivals are just like a a big like this house of like very big muscle men that moves in next door Um, oh interesting yeah they're interesting as um i think in the 60s like you said there was something in the air i think that by the 60s california had become more settled as a state which probably seems late to a lot of people but like you know california is a huge state and like um, as I know from visiting and also just like Southwest history, it took a while for like the West Coast to kind of establish itself in its own distinctive culture that was then kind of exported across the country, you know? And like, I think by the 60s, boomers are um, like teens, you know, there's this emergent teen culture of like people who are middle class and comfortable and they have a lot of free time and so things like surfing and like these kind of hobbies and uh this new subculture kind of emerges and then it becomes subject to fascination you know by the rest of the country uh, like surfing and the beach as this place where you just like waste all your time or <laughs> spend all your time um, just becomes this like iconic image and like the kind of view of America, you know, whereas before that wasn't quite when you look at like the depiction of the beach before the 60s and stuff like it's not you don't really have this surfing like 
casual relaxing time or what you know what I mean where you're just like spending hours on the beach like I don't know I don't really see like popular depictions of that prior to the beach movies I mean I guess the beginning might be some like Gidget but even that that I think was like the 1950s and that's still like the surfing um yeah like I think you consider that like an early part of like the surfing craze. There were like es- like Esther Williams, who I love, um, and all the swimming movies and that kind of thing. But it's not quite at the beach with a distinct beach culture and like right. the surfer culture and all of that. Right, with the idea that you would go and there'd be like the um, like the hangout where you could go and get like a burger and a beer. And, um, yeah, like there's like everyone's at the beach, like the beach is like the destination, like you're going to the beach to surf and have fun. And there's like a language and there's, you know, the, the surfer gangs. And (laughs) that's, what's funny about beach party is that it features this anthropologist character who is examining the surfing teens and he's just, it's very, you know, Discovery Channel, he's fascinated by these, like, wild beasts. And <laughs> I think part of the reason why that character's in the movie is because all of this was very new to the rest of America. So they kind of have him as this, like, uh, guide into this strange and frightening subculture of teens gone wild. Yeah, and I was reading that um, the writer of Beach Party he had actually spent some time kind of at the beach observing like the teens and so Mm -hmm. wrote that in as part of his experience which I thought was kind of funny it's a so yeah beach party um (laughs) is a funny movie like a lot of the beach movies because there's a lot going on and the thing about a lot of movies that came out in to me when I think of um like film history I kind of group like the 50s and like early 60s together in a way because um like Esther Williams who I mentioned previously I love her but her movies are like difficult to watch because they're so corn pone haze code uh just a lot going on and the beach movies the haze code has kind of you know been pulled away a little bit there's a lot more like sex going on or at least eroticism but there's so much happening where there's like an anthropologist and then there's like rival gangs and then you know (laughs) there's there's a lot and i mean in uh in pajama party too where there's a martian but there's also a plot to steal a woman's inheritance and there's a guy uh pretending to be an indian and then you know it's like there's it's And I think it's just because it was truly uh, entertainment. It was meant to be entertainment. So it was supposed to be like jam-packed full of just kind of kooky stuff. uh, And then like beefcake and like TNA and, you know, (laughs) it's like everything all at once. And it's fascinating to watch now because the structure of film now, like movies are not made this way, you know. Yeah, there's no three act um, storyline like like there's it's it's very 
it's a product of a different era before a lot of stuff became kind of standardized. Like this is how you write a, a movie. This is how you write a good movie. You know, here's your opening. Here's your plot mm-hmm. development. And here's the end. Like, no, uh-uh. these movies are <laughs> structured. There's like things happen and then it ends essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also movies were not viewed as highbrow. Mm-mm. Like, the medium was still not viewed as highbrow at the time. It took a long time for movies to be viewed as, like, art by the majority, you know? Well, and, and something like this, too, for teenagers. Yeah. I mean, this is also before the era that, like, YA literature and, like, <laughs> the, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. when every t- product aimed at teenagers had, like, this subset of adults that was, like, overanalyzing it. And, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) so it really like there was no bigger function of this movie other than to get teenagers into the drive-ins. I mean, that's really that's they just wanted they wanted ticket ticket sales. Like that's Mm -hmm. the whole that was the whole point of this movie. What can we do to get teenagers to come out and then we'll stick enough in there that if their parents come to, they won't be bored. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. And um, it is still just fascinating what was allowed in Beach Party, um, considering the era. And mm. like some of the stuff that they sing and they say and they do is shocking. I mean, like during one of the musical numbers, Frankie Avalon says to the girl he's dancing with, you make me feel like a motherless child. Oh my God, that's such a and good number And it's meant to too. be flirtatious. I'm like, I like was gasping hearing that because I'm like, that is like the most insane thing to... <laughs> Keep on moving and a grooving, don't stop now. You make me feel like a motherless child. What you're doing's getting to me. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. Little girl, I can tell by that look in your eye. Got a kind of pleasure making my temperature rise. Let me tell you now, that's all right with me. Long as you never let it drop single degree. Keep a saying what you're saying, don't stop for now. Don't stop now. Yeah, keep a saying what you're saying, don't stop now. Don't stop now. Oh, oh. oh it's time to twist your hips. Something inside goes a flippity flip. Oh. What you're doing's getting to me, don't stop now. Don't stop now. And to consider that that was just so innocuous that it was in like this teen teeny bopper you know entertainment movie um when that would never fly now it was just like uh incredible um 
And there's a lot of that, you know, because the the specter of premarital sex is like looming over each of these movies and the driving force of the plot really or one of the many plots in in Beach Party is that um Annette Funicello's character is like running away from Frankie Avalon's character who is like her boyfriend because she's like she can't be alone with him or they'll have premarital sex so she has to like keep creating these obstacles or something to like prevent that (laughs) yeah and he's yeah because he had planned this whole vacation for them to go to the beach together because he wants to spend a you know romantic getaway um with her and she's like uh okay but if we do that we're definitely gonna bone so (laughs) (laughs) she invites like all their like goofy friends to like come and stay and yeah and then frankie is understandably upset about that because he wanted some quality alone time um and yeah and so then that's kind of where the the kernel of their spat comes from yeah and so then they try to make each other yes that's the key thing in a lot of these movies which teen beach party kind of tried to parody um which is that just that fundamental truth that straight people just don't know each other you know like they don't like they they have to always conspire in this way to yeah it's the depiction it's like fascinating yeah Mm -hmm. it's the depiction of romantic relationships as kind of a game where the ladies are all out to like hook hook themselves a man and the men are reluctant to give in i guess but they're definitely men only want one thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah men only want one thing um but they you know they they also they they don't like they they're also depicted as kind of um sweet it's uh no it's cute it is it's very cute yeah it's not and it's the kind of thing that's taboo now but it's like there's this kernel of eternal truth to it and it's funny in Teen Beach movie when they try to parody that, like that song, that number, I Know What Boys Like or whatever. And like you listen to that number and it's like, you know, the movie people are kind of right. Most <laughs> of that stuff, like there's this weird kind of like reactionary <laughs> thing going on where like the movie people are right. <laughs> yeah, I did kind of feel that as well watching that but it, it's funny because um you know looking back like Annette doing all of like this all of these beach movies and everything like she actually did just want to get married and have kids and just be a, a wife and mother that's all she wanted so yeah. it's it, yeah I mean you can say it's um reactionary or whatever that her character always wants to get married and not have premarital sex giving it away for free mm-hmm. but like she did like that she was actually like that like yeah. that is that is who she was which i think is why maybe it plays so naturally because she never comes across as like shrill or shrewish or mm-hmm. um I, I don't know or just like a bitch like she yeah. never comes across no, as so like right. a bitch like, it You're always right. comes from a place of truth, where she really, she loves Frankie. She would love to fuck him, but she, <laughs> she just doesn't want to do it without some sort of commitment, you know? And what's wrong with that? 
Yeah, no, it's it's cute. It's there's nothing wrong with it, and that's what's so funny about Teen Beach movie is how they're like, oh, this content we're pulling from the original source material is problematic, so we have to kind of ironically reframe it in a certain way to make the contemporary audience comfortable and it's it's silly because it's like no the the movies are reflecting the values of the time and you know that is how Annette felt and that's how a lot of women felt at the time and that's how it was you know but yeah I mean obviously things have changed a lot and it makes the movies kind of fascinating to watch now yeah it's just this time capsule of of when that was the the cultural dynamic although I do think it's funny Annette in that that tv movie that it's um like Bobby Briggs's dad like Major Briggs that plays her husband like her (laughs) from Twin Peaks oh really I didn't notice that I'm pretty sure her first husband no the second husband oh okay wow (laughs) we let me double check (laughs) <laughs> no that is funny yeah, yeah. That, that that biopic tv movie yeah 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 Don is Davis. so cute and yeah. it's like a thing of the past because like biopics like i said now are so just have a certain tone yeah you yeah. know where they're like the hidden truth you know <laughs> yeah yeah or just yeah behind the scenes she was getting yeah. beaten like no behind, <laughs> like behind the scenes she was just marrying major briggs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from Twin Peaks <laughs> which to me I have I don't have many superstitions but one of like the one of the things that I find like if there's a Twin Peaks connection like to me that's that's always deeply meaningful so when I saw like mm-hmm. Major Briggs show up I was like oh my god it yeah was, it was no, meant it to be meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that biopic everyone should watch it it's on YouTube it's adorable It's super cute, super sweet. This is a pajama party? Gonna get together tonight, tonight. Tell everybody that the time is right. Just after eight, we'll congregate. Pajama party tonight. Gonna get together and dance all night. And do some talking while the moon is bright. So get your date and don't be late. Pajama party tonight. Oh, what a party tonight. We'll have a party tonight. Don't you know it's the latest craze? Having a party wearing your PJs. Gonna get together tonight. That's right. We're gonna dance till the broad daylight. So gather round where the fun is found. Pajama party tonight. The ne- like the next big in you know, the movie that I watched for this is Pajama Party, which came out in '64, which um, features the famous pajama scene that Greece later copied. And Greece also, like we were talking earlier, like Greece pulled a lot from the beach movies. And it's funny how I don't think most people now actually know that. You know, and so like a lot of Greece just seems kind of plopped out of nowhere, you know, when it's actually like making a lot of references to um, the beach movies of yesteryear. 
Right. There's that amazing song that Annette sings um, about <laughs> her stuffed animal. Yeah. <laughs> Which... And everyone's in their little 90s and they're, you yeah. know, hence the title, Pajama Party. And right. I mean, when Rizzo sings. It sings to her um... stuffed animal. Like she, like yeah. she pulls out. The... And I was like, you know, there it is. There's the reference that none of us watching Greece today would get. But yeah. Yeah. And Greece also was kind of a almost a parody in a way it kind of parodied the beach movies you know like Greece was like set in 58 but it's actually pulling from these movies that came out in the 60s which is interesting in a way because it's kind of like how nostalgia gets distorted and warped because Greece came out in I think 78 um and it's this kind of cynical reframing of the 50s as not the wholesome thing that people wanted to remember it as, you know, but rather as like a very sexually charged time. Um, and Greece is an incredible movie, obviously. And, uh, but it is, it is funny, um, to kind of see actually the source material. Right. I mean, Greece even used Frankie Avalon. Yes, that Which, was the, yeah. the funniest thing too. It's just, uh, for me, this was the first time I saw, uh or when i watched like the beach movies it was the first time i saw frankie avalon like when he was actually in his prime like you young know? and yeah and he was so handsome too just like young mm -hmm. and like yeah 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 he's like he's very appealing in all of the beach movies i think but um yeah yeah so pajama party does not have frankie it's got tommy kirk who was, frankie is in it he's as, well he's in it but but like you don't see his face. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like... the Martian leader or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Annette is paired off with um, Tommy Kirk, who was another Disney kid. Um, and, you know, he's he's okay. He's not... I liked him. Mm -hmm. He's no Frankie. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. He doesn't yeah, have that Guido swagger. He does not have the Guido swagger or the hair. <laughs> he doesn't have the hair. <laughs> But yeah, this one was cute. I I like it as kind of, um, it's like the first three beach movies. They're all they're all made kind of similarly. But this one is it reminded me a little bit more of like a Grease or Teen Beach movie. It's got a bit more of like a musical feel to it. Like there's choreographed dance numbers and mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. So so I thought it was. A good one to watch in that and way. And this one is a little less beach-centered. There's a lot more, I think, like, at the pool. Yeah. In the in the house, in the yard, on Mars. <laughs> There's less actual beach. Um, yeah. Which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's a beach movie that mostly takes place at the pool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I love this one, too, because it does have like all of these like lovely ladies and um my favorite number which <laughs> i've been like spamming <laughs> which is um dorothy <laughs> dorothy lamore mm -hmm. as oh my god as like the the head sales lady at like a dress shop and yes with oh my god she's amazing and dorothy, back in my day oh back in my day we didn't do it that way oh now on with the show if you want to impress i know you'll enjoy this lovely party dress 
sarong and like mm-hmm. being like um like the island sarong girl and like doing the hula and stuff so she's making fun of herself um as well as like you know making fun of like you know what are these girls today doing with like these like yeah like writhing dance movements and like you know um in the bikinis in the like bikinis the yeah and i like that number i thought it was funny because yeah. it's a testament to the fact that fashion trends and like sexual mores change and things were actually a lot more libertine in like the early 20th century and then things became more puritanical and then they started to become more libertine again you know so like things just kind of swing back and forth yeah they go in cycles and like what's considered like very risque and um erotic like dorothy lamour in her sarong doing the hula you know, 30 years later, mm-hmm. that's the butt of a joke. And we want to see Tony Basil in like, <laughs> in like a little silver bikini, like doing the swim, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's considered yeah. very erotic. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's a cute, very cute song. I really, I, I loved all the songs in this one. I think, I think this and Muscle Beach Party are my two favorites of all the, the original five I'll have to watch Muscle Beach. Party. Oh my God, you'll oh, you're gonna love it. It's, <laughs> you're gonna love it. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, Annette has a really great like poolside number in this, which ends with her like getting thrown in the pool and getting her hair wet, which is adorable because she mostly like when she's at the beach avoids the water like at all costs. <laughs> yeah, which they make fun of in Teen Beach movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, well, she, you know, being an Italian-American girl, she has thick hair, and it's heavily hairsprayed into a big kind of dome. <laughs> Same with Frankie. I mean, Frankie also yeah. has, like, a helmet on. Yeah. Um, it's, and yeah. Uh, it was the, yeah, he has, like, the blowout of the 60s, like, the Poly D blowout. <laughs> <laughs> the original um, blowout. He was definitely on that, like, GTL kick, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah. um yeah this one yeah. um pajama party 2 has um Buster Keaton and mm-hmm. I was reading I I got this great book about these beach movies um I I'll I'll link the title and everything in the show notes because it's amazing but according to the author of this book uh Buster Keaton who you know is this classic like vaudeville like early film um comedian uh, had basically been 
kind of shunned, blacklisted by Hollywood because he's been like a big alcoholic. And I guess people are just like tired of dealing with him. And it was these API like beach movies that really like gave him a hand up. And, and apparently he had a great time and like loved it. And like all the kids were just like in awe, like, oh my God, Buster Keaton. Um, yeah, yeah so he it, plays Chief Rotten Eagle. Who <laughs> yes. is the only person who can like communicate with, with Helga? Who is Yeah, the cast of characters in this one is <laughs> so like confusing and <laughs> And they all have really stupid names. Yeah, so there's Jay Sinister Hulk, Chief Rotten Eagle, <laughs> and then Helga. Yeah, Helga the bikini girl. Who's like from Sweden, and all she says is "yeah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's very fun. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I liked about um this like book too, it's called um Hollywood Surf and Beach Movies, is that I'm pretty sure the author is just from a certain generation of gay man who loved like campy stuff of like this this era um and my auntie who is she's in her early 60s now but you know she like i've um hung out with her and her friends and she has friends like that who are the kind like you know wearing the um like the the bouffant wigs like in drag and um you know the the like lost in space and like um, mm-hmm. Nancy Sinatra and like doing like <laughs> drag versions of like these boots are made for walking like that kind of um, yeah yeah like that whole kind of culture um, and so Charles Bush who did um, Psycho Beach Party is also of that era um, which I think is why Psycho Beach Party is such a great like kind of parody or or loving tribute to these films because he's also of that same era of just gay man who just really wanted to put on the Annette Buffon wig and yeah (laughs) like hang out with Frankie Avalon no definitely there there are major generational differences between gays and lesbians and stuff you know and I, I noticed that boomer gay men especially like older boomers you know like born in like the early 50s and like the 40s. Yeah. They did have a very um what you would call corny now kind of sensibility and like they loved uh like a Netflixello types and they loved this kind of goofiness. Right. Um, and that and that kind of went out of style, I think, with like Gen X gay men in a way. Like you just notice these these differences, but um, right, I'm cause... grateful that they're preserving the legacy because nobody my age like knows about these movies. No, you know what I mean? Not even anyone my age knows about these movies. Um, and yeah. I feel like unless you you I don't know, you either had a dad who just thought Pee Wee Herman was hilarious, and so introduced you to like. Yeah. back to the beach or um yeah i don't know how, where else you would encounter them um you have boomer parents like yeah. me and like you know because my dad was always obsessed with the beach and but without that um 
I mean, teen beach movie did introduce a lot of young people to the beach movie genre, but it it was a moderate success. It was not exactly the high school musical, you know, successor that Disney right. has tried to create so many times and failed um well the the difference i think with something like high school musical i mean because we talked about this but you had kenny ortega behind it and and you had that kind of auteur vision and i think um you know even these beach party movies like as silly as they are there there is something of that driving force behind them i mean they didn't just get anyone to be the star they got frankie and annette um who were these very charismatic um and you know riding a little bit of popularity as well and and so and the music was done they, they got gary usher who if you are one of these people that's like oh did you know the Beach Boys are actually good? You're going to know who Gary Usher is, you know? <laughs> but I mean, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, they had like, and they, they had like the, these quality character actors. It wasn't just anyone. It was, you know, Maury Amsterdam. It was Buster Keaton, um, Dorothy L'Amour, like these yeah. Don Rickles, like, um, and yeah. And then of course, Vincent Price, who, would also later go on to star in Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. Dr. Goldfoot and his Bikini Machine. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Paul the titles, Lind. too. You gotta love them. Oh, my titles. God. Yeah, yeah. These are not considered canonical, but yeah. Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. Uh, How to Stuff a Wild Bikini. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there were there were people that knew what they were doing and who were talented Mm -hmm. um, working behind them. And yeah, like one of the things about teen beach movie that, that I thought like they really could have done better to be more sort of in line with like the beach party movies. So like in teen beach um, movie, there's like a, a hangout called big mama's and there is a big mama who like works at big mamas or owns big mamas but mm-hmm. she doesn't have like if this was going to be like more authentic like she should have had like way more like they should have like put her like right up in front she mm-hmm. should have had like a lot of zingers um yeah. she should have been like delivering like zinger after zinger like to the camera i feel like that would have yeah. given you know a little bit more of that like authentic touch and she should have been played by somebody like um oh, who was in like lady ghostbusters like like someone like that yeah well okay this is gonna sound like conspiratorial and crazy probably but i vaguely remember when i watched it air i remember her having lines <gasps> no and watching it on streaming you're right she had no lines there was and i no wonder lines. if they i wonder if they cut parts of the movie because she is embodying that mammy stereotype that's considered offensive now you know but was like something common in entertainment in the 60s and prior um so part of me wonders if they cut it because disney does edit things out of their streaming movies like they edited out the kind of infamous avatar ponytail sex scene in the streaming version of avatar so it makes me like paranoid that they're just cutting out things that are considered offensive now in other movies because i like i just rewatched teen beach movie for the first time in a long time um for this oh yeah so let's pivot to teen beach movie since we're did you want to do back to the beach oh yeah okay because i 
that one was, was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it because I and I was thinking about it. I've seen Back to the Beach. I mean, I would say like 30 times. So I cannot be objective about it. Like I just I love mm-hmm. this movie. So um, I mean, I won't be offended if you thought it was like <laughs> really tedious, but <laughs> well, so. Um, actually I had my parents over and I watched it with them and they had never seen it. Although they had seen the beach movies of the sixties. Right. Um, so it was funny to see their reactions to it, you know? Um, and my immediate impression was, I was just annoyed (laughs) to no end by that (laughs) punk kid, like the disgusting like gen x punk kid who's like i hate you mom and dad you're so lame and i'm a punk like like... i just hate that gen x thing so much that like i literally was like i can't even deal with this right now but the the thing is it's so accurate it was so accurate because it's like that generation did have these like horny boomer parents who were like happy-go-lucky and then they were like I hate my life in suburbia I'm a punk now you know (laughs) so it's accurate but it's like there's so the plot of back to the beach (laughs) is that um like the fictionalized Frankie and Annette are um married and have a kid and they live in Ohio because there was a surfing accident that traumatized Frankie from ever wanting to surf again. So they move, you know, far away from the ocean and the beach and they go on a vacation. Well, I think, okay, they're like en route to Hawaii, but then yeah. they have a layover in LA. So right. while they're there, they see their other kid, their daughter, who Played is... by the delightful Lori Laughlin, who is just, she is glowing in this movie. Yeah. She looks amazing. I thought I recognized her, and then yeah, yeah from and I Full House, it was, yeah, Lola, yeah, yeah. Oh, who's just yeah. she's gorgeous, like she is free, free. So Lori. she's embodying Hashtag like the eighties beauty that, like Annette embodied the sixties beauty now at the time, and then like um, she's embodying the eighties beauty, and yeah, she looks great, and she so her character is living in sin, living with her boyfriend, um, and so then this whole kind of the plot is basically that she's trying to hide the fact that she was living in sin with her boyfriend and Frankie is like angry that some guy is sleeping with his daughter and the bratty Gen X guy kid <laughs> becomes embroiled in gang activity. <laughs> and then Annette and Frankie fight. And so Annette flirts with this very, very gay guy to make <laughs> Frankie jealous and then, like, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's it's cute. Like, there, there was a lot about it that was fun. And similar to how Beach Party kind of pokes fun at the youth surf subculture, Back to the Beach pokes fun at punks and, like, the surf culture of the 80s. And so by this point, like, dude and gnarly and all of that stuff uh you know is is the new surf culture um and so it shows it pokes fun at like the laid back like you know uh stoner thing too because the beach 
party movies are many things, but they're not stoner movies. Moving so fast you can see him go by. Everybody's talking about Surfer Dan. Though we need to Nirvana in a Chevy sedan. Moving so fast. They were pre-marijuana. Um, yeah, they're pre-hippie, so pre-all They're pre-hippie, pre-marijuana, pre-that pre kind of, um, like, oh, who cares? Because they do care. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so one of the, the little subplots in Back to the Beach is Frankie taking um, Lori Laughlin's boyfriend under his wing and being like, look, uh, you need to learn how to earn a living. Yeah. <laughs> And, and he's like, get a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is very cute. Um, An important lesson that many should heed today. Yeah. Get a job. <laughs> or just that it's not, like, it's not uncool to sell out. Like, you can, mm -hmm. you can earn a living and that's okay. You don't, you don't have to be like this, only be a surfer guy on the beach. Like, you can have a job. Like, it's fine. Yeah, and he, you know, Frankie is advising, I forget the character's name now, it's, like, Michael. something. Michael? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, he's advising him because, you know, if he's going to be, if he wants to marry um, Lori Laughlin's character, he has to, like, you know, earn a living. And, and uh, I mean, it's true advice. And it's it's advice that, like, starting, you know, around that time, in a way was like really uncool and I mean it's still like in a way considered uncool now to like acknowledge the reality of like having to be responsible or as just an being adult. A, yeah a responsible husband and yeah. being able to support a family because I mean that's kind of the undertone yeah that's like the undertone of the advice like well okay if you if you want to get married and you know have a family you need to be able to support them um, mm -hmm. and that's maybe uncool, but yeah, it's, it's good advice. Um, and then of yeah. course there's my favorite character in this whole movie, which is Connie Stevens. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> which is, I have She's to admit, great. it's like the biggest, I, I remember her character like more than anything else in this whole movie. She's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Yeah, she's a real barracuda. And, oh my uh, god, she's, she looks great. She looks fantastic, and um, yeah, just very like wearing these '80s like cougar. This is like the '80s <laughs> cougar look with this like windblown hair, and um, kind of like a Stevie Nicks ish vibe mm -hmm. about her. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, she looks so hot, and um, she's a funny, like, foil to Annette's character. And it turns out that her son is Michael, who wants to marry, um, you know, Frankie and Annette's daughter. And she, so yeah, she's great. Uh, Pee Wee Herman randomly <laughs> shows up. Yeah, <laughs> At that point, my mom, because I watched it, like I said, with my parents, yeah. my mom was like, mute it. <laughs> she could not stand <laughs> That music number. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, because I'm pretty sure um, that that is why my dad uh, showed me this, like back when I was a kid. It was P.B. Herman. Bird, 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 the bird's the word, a while a bird, 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 bird of the word, a while a bird, 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 the bird of the word, a while a bird, 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 the bird of the word, a while a bird, 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 the bird of the word, a while a bird, bird, the bird's the bird. That is yeah. funny to me to imagine, like, an adult, what, I don't know, like, I, Pee Wee Herman, I just kind of am not really familiar with him, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I... Well, <laughs> my dad, it's, he has a very funny sense of humor, um, and he, he loves, like, weird stuff. Um, he and his brother, actually, my uncle, um, they really enjoy things that are odd, like, they... Like, I, sometimes I'll still end up on, like, group texts or, like, group emails with, like, the two of them sending each other, like, Captain Beefheart videos or just, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> just, like, the most bizarre things they can dredge up on the internet. You do the But yeah, I mean, I guess if you have, you have to think back, like, this is 1987, mm-hmm. um, and it's not like you can just dial up weird stuff on the internet. Um, so yeah, so yeah. Pee Wee's Playhouse, it was just very outre and just very different. Um, there wasn't mm-hmm. really anything on TV like it. And Pee Wee Herman was just this figure of, yeah, just sort of outsider, it was like outsider art contained in a, a human being. Um, which, yeah, I guess it doesn't really translate over, over the years, but, um, I still have very fond memories of, of Pee Wee and yeah, I did not mute that scene, (laughs) 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 but yeah, the, the music for this is kind of hit or miss, but the cameos are great. You know, Dick Dale comes back and Stevie Ray Vaughan, a, uh, pre, um, everything OJ Simpson, um, yeah, OJ. And uh-huh. The funniest thing is that scene in the airport when yeah. uh, Frankie like steps on OJ's hand. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, is that the same hand that <laughs> <laughs> did not fit in the glove? <laughs> supposedly did not fit in the glove. <laughs> um, yeah, it's always funny seeing OJ in movies prior to the whole trial. Um, but yeah, yeah there, there's quite a few stars who. Uh huh. Yeah, well, you know, there's the, the Gilligan's Island, Bob Denver, um, the cast yes. of Leave it to Beaver, 
Um, which again was one of those like super camp things. Like, yeah, it was like leave it to beaver lost in space. Um, we're just considered very like campy. And I think by this point in like 1987 had developed kind of this like cachet almost like, so Mm -hmm. like, so camp, they were cool in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, or yeah, I mean, at least with a certain set. Please listen while I lay this rap in your face about the grooviest family in outer space. The Robinsons be the non-plume in the Jupiter 2 through space they zoom with a robot and major Donald West and Dr. Smith who's a very shady character at best. Each time you view them on your television screen, you are treated to a highly ridiculous scene with Professor Robinson and his wife Maureen who's got the highest hairdo I've ever seen. I don't even know how I knew about all of this stuff as a kid, except um, via my my dad and um, his siblings, who are all like pop culture obsessed. Yeah, I'm glad I watched the movie with my parents because so they, they pointed out <laughs> they pointed out all of those people who otherwise I I would have you know realized they were famous, but right. wouldn't have yeah, been like, able to recognize their faces. And yeah. then, but who is it? Like Barbara Billingsley. Uh-huh, from Leave it to Beaver. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Mathers. Um, yeah, there's mm-hmm. just a lot of old names that, you know, have been kind of lost to time. And, I mean, even Annette and Frankie have been lost to time yeah. for the most part. I mean, that you know, that happens with stars. Um, but I just don't think most young people have any idea about the beach movies and you know frankie and annette no no not at all i mean i think yeah like i was saying like i think the last time that they even had uh, like beach music even had a moment or surf music had a moment was like the pulp fiction soundtrack and even that was like what 30 years ago Mm -hmm. um and then even teen beach movie doesn't really have a lot of beach music no, the music is a little. I yeah. It sounds like Kobe Calais or whatever that girl's name was. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like they're singing like this cutesy poo kind of stuff. Yeah. Although um, I will say there was one song that yeah, even that was a decade ago. Um, I know. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Can, me, the, <laughs> there was one song that I really liked because it reminded me of like the zombies. Um, or there, so the two songs that I think okay. are decent are "Falling for You" and the "I Know What Boys Like, I Know What Girls Like," whatever that one's called. I think it's "Falling for You" that yeah, had... where the girl is singing, um, like the spotlight's on her and she's singing, and then she falls off the stage. That's not it. Oh, um, um, I'll if, I'll find it and I'll insert it. Um, which one it is? But mm-hmm. there was one that where the ending sounded like the end of like 
like a zombie song or like that kind of um uh like british invasion not even british invasion but um it, it, but it was like a more of a mid 60s sound to it not quite like mm-hmm. it wasn't quite it wasn't quite accurate to the time period actually um but no it was still <laughs> like i still liked it it was still like nice it might have been it, it might have been meant to be i think that was it gee um plan b Yeah, I I can't recall the names of the songs. Um, well, they were but... kind of unsubstantial. It wasn't like... Yes, they yeah. were. And I think that if they had actually really leaned into the pastiche more, they would have been more memorable. But they kind of wanted to make them contemporary. Right, which was an odd... It was just kind of an odd... Like this movie was an odd mix of things. Like it, it yeah. <laughs> like it took like the visuals of the beach movies, but then combined it with, like, I don't know, like a, like a High School Musical ish, yes, a bit. But then also, like a Disney sitcom element and yes, yeah, it was. It's a mess. Um, but like so, um, just one last thing on back to the beach oh yeah sure um it's interesting to me that critics really liked this movie (laughs) and it got these (laughs) rave reviews because i do find it to be kind of uh (laughs) silly and yeah you know uh i mean it's charming and i think that there was definitely nostalgia that led a lot of people to really like it and so i think when you watch it without nostalgia it's not quite the That amazing is, thing yeah you know? that's really what i i suspected that um but I, like i said i cannot be objective about this movie i've seen it so many times and to me it's just tied into just watching it as a kid with my dad and then um watching it many 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 times over the years i, I mean i i couldn't even tell you how many times i've seen back to the beach so it's yeah yeah it's just impossible for me to be objective to like it it i do have a a very strong nostalgia um for that movie specifically but yeah i think also if you were a critic like in 1987 you probably did go see those beach party movies like as a teenager so when you're seeing frankie and annette now it kind of did mirror like if you like if you were Siskel and Ebert in 1987, then yeah, like that was your yeah. They liked it and they yeah. said it was as good as Grease or something. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that it's a good movie. It's worth watching for Annette, um, for Connie Stevens, um, Connie and Stevens also looks it's worth amazing. watching to get that peek into 80s surf culture. And I'm a big fan of Baywatch, and so. 
you know, there's a little bit of like Baywatch overlap in a way, like in terms of the style and like the depiction of the beach in a way. Like, so, you know, it's, it's definitely worth watching. Um, well, and I think and, also, and the jokes are funny about yeah. Annette's Skippy peanut butter because she <laughs> did all those ads. <laughs> but I think like the, um, the cameos too, I think if you are of an age where you know who these people are, like it makes it, um, it's different like it just adds a different layer like Mm -hmm. you're obviously gonna like it more if you grew up watching um gilligan's island and so the jokes about a three-hour tour like that's funny because you know gilligan's island you're pulling from like a common pool of of knowledge versus just watching it as a isolated movie which yeah like i can i can understand how it would be kind of flimsy and like well what's happening now <laughs> like, but Annette the, the humunga the cowabunga show. from down under yeah <laughs> oh and her little yeah. polka dotted suits and she gets the whole beach like up and going doing the jamaican ska with uh fishbone like yeah the <laughs> like, jamaican ska really was like i was like what is happening <laughs> all right or what about the pajama party where like all the punks come and, yeah like, sexually harass that, them and yeah <laughs> leave i like that though that was cute and it was very cute and it, they i mean it's fun because annette again is so radiant and cheery and she is poking fun at herself but nothing about it feels cynical like even when connie stevens is like you know you wasted a great pair of knockers or whatever kind of poking fun at how modest Annette was Mm. like it's still funny you know um and it's charming and it's also incredible to think about the fact that Annette was dealing with the early stages of her MS at the time and she was kind of dizzy and like falling and it must have been very scary and difficult for her to film this movie you know and she but you you can't tell because she's such a professional she's just like smiling the whole time um you know yeah and she had choreography like on the beach um yeah you know on the uneven sand and yeah yeah no she's she was just such a pro there's never going to be another another in that she was one one in a million mm-hmm. and it really it really is a shame she's been forgotten the way she has i think I think Annette. Well, we're bringing a... her back. I'm bringing back Annette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's bring her back. <laughs> she deserves her time, or she just deserves to be remembered, just as. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I've, I think, um, you know, I, the Idol podcast. I talk about idols all the time, but I think, really, there's no one who's more of like a. a who just embodies that sort of, especially the J-pop style. Um, Japanese like idol image than Annette just mm-hmm. just as radiant beautiful personality just a yes you know and she had a positive mm-hmm. outcome like because you could say I mean because you know Britney Spears was also in Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and became a huge star and everything but um, <laughs> seeing how Britney has struggled and everything she's not exactly the like idol ideal uh so yeah i I agree and that's kind of like an american idol she really is she she you know she had a happy life she got married had kids yeah it's she she had everything she wanted um yeah yeah and so she died in 2013 and then the um 
following year, or no, it actually, Teen Beach Movie did come, it came out in 2013, but I think it came out after she died. Like, I, okay. I remember that. Because um, I remember Frankie Avalon actually did press for the movie, even though he's not in it. He appeared on, like, talk shows to talk oh, about the legacy of yeah. the Beach movie. He's another just icon. And he still, yeah. I think he still tours or does, like, you know, showcase, you know, nostalgia yeah. oldie tours and stuff, which I'd love to see Frankie. Yeah, um, my dad yeah. actually, um, my dad met him <gasps> once. No. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember where it was. I want to say, like, the Bahamas or something. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Um, and... Yeah, and then a, f- a friend of my dad's met Connie Stevens once. Oh, my God. Is she beautiful in real life? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm jealous of that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, Frankie Avalon is an icon. and um, Yeah, the only thing that came, like, that came out of the, the book that I read was um, allegedly some uh, some of the surfing, like, background guys were fired because they made him look too short. <laughs> That was, the, that. that was the only <laughs> negative thing I saw about Frankie. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's he's a short Guido, but he has the Guido pint size king. He's got yeah, he's a, he's a pint size king. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, he's he's an icon, um, and he very graciously did press for Teen Beach Movie when it came out, um, and so Teen Beach Movie. Came out in 2013. It's one of many attempts by Disney to recreate the magic of High School Musical. It does not have Kenny Ortega behind it, and you can tell because there's definitely something missing where that kind of like gay visionary is not there to keep everything like in order and accurate to the period and all of that. Like, it doesn't seem like there was a gay guy like <laughs> yeah like directing I don't, everything you i know? don't know who is behind it but i would i don't recognize the names i it's, don't recognize the names either you know so whoever they are they certainly were not kenny ortega um and it's this kind of postmodern parody of the beach movie genre and the fashion in the movie is very hodgepodge anachronistic kind of a shit show it's hard to tell if they're trying to emulate the 50s or the 60s the girls all have like long hair like they don't look like Annette's dome no. yeah. you know so well, there's all there's... this stuff that just kind of looks yeah. lazy because there's about one it girl who is supposed to be like the candy johnson stand-in with her little fringe um outfit but candy johnson had a amazing like blonde bouffant like that was her signature hairdo um yeah this this uh teen beach movie girl has like really long like hippie like hippie hair yeah they have hippie hair yeah and it's because in the mid-2010s having short hair was not in like you know, yeah. all girls had like longish hair. So I just get the vibe that the actresses and maybe some of the people working, you know, behind the movie thought that it would be like unappealing to audiences or something if yeah. they had well, and there were a period lot of, accurate hair. Like iPhone faces as well. <laughs> like among <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't like they weren't 
cast to be kind of um, 1960s or period faces. Like, um, so not to go back to Psycho Beach Party, but the um, the main um, woman in that is Lauren Ambrose, who looks incredible, like period accurate as Chicklet. Like she's just got like Lauren Ambrose is gorgeous, and she, but she has like kind of a um, she does have that like early 60s kind of beauty to her mm-hmm. whereas I think the yeah. cast of this one they they were going for like a more contemporary look I guess yeah well I think some of them have period accurate faces mm. but then there's something else going on with their face um like the main like Tanner oh yeah um Tanner is a very handsome, very tab hunter looking guy. Oh, should we give a brief synopsis of the plot? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So uh, Brady and Mac live (laughs) on the beach. And so Brady is played by Ross Lynch, who Disney tried to push as a heartthrob. I can't tell if it really worked or not. I think like some Zoomers who are like younger than me, like actually do think that about him. I find him very odd. He was very unappealing. And one of the notes that I had when I watched this, like one of my first notes was like, why does he have a receding hairline? <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and then like, I didn't realize that he and like Mac, who's kind of a, she looks like sort of a discount Katie Holmes. But um, <laughs> I, I thought they were like cousins or something. I didn't realize they were supposed to be dating. (laughs) It's very confusing. They had no chemistry. Like, they did not, like, they just, they felt like they were, like, siblings. There was no sexual energy there, like, at all. And that's what's fascinating about the movie, because it's, like, all the guys seem gay. Yes. Like, it's not campy. It's not, like, some, it's not, like, gay campy john waters but like all the guys seem like closet cases they so there's like this actual bizarre dissonance they what they seem like actual like homosexuals like interested <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> well that's the thing like tanner the actor who plays tanner has a very i think period accurate face yeah. but the gay face <laughs> is terminal like it's gay face for real. So, like, you just can't buy him as this, like, heartthrob because, like, it's not 1963 and, like, you know, I'm not going to be, like, Tab Hunter, like, Tab Hunter and his girlfriend, Natalie Wood, you know, like. <laughs> they say for every boy and girl there's just one love in this whole world and I know I found mine. Heavenly touch of your embrace tells me no one could take your place ever in my heart. Young love, first love, filled with true devotion.
Okay, well, anyway, like, Brady and Mac, like, they go back in time to, like, this movie Wet Side Story that's supposed to be, like, a parody of Beach Party. like Which blah, I do blah. think Wet Side Story is a funny title and, like, a nice touch because, like, the old beach movies do sound like pornos. <laughs> so, like, Wet Side Story, I think, was a good pick. But, yeah, like, they go into this fictional dimension mm-hmm. and it's basically the plot of Beach Party. Yeah, and it's it is funny though, like what they did that if you are like a fan of the Beach Party movies, it just like they were just some odd choices. Like, yeah, so Tanner, who's supposed to be like the Frankie Avalon equivalent, except um Frankie Avalon in those Beach Party movies has a real like Zach Morris, um very knowing, like in some of them he actually does like break the wall and like talk to the camera much as like a Zach Morris uh, in Saved by mm-hmm. the Bell does. Like he's very sharp. He's very like with it. He's always two steps ahead. Um, he's always like, um, so there is like a big doofy guy, uh, bonehead or deadhead um, or big lunk, depending depending on the film, mm-hmm. <laughs> played by uh, Jodie McRae, who is the chief uh, eye candy in those movies. Um, but yeah, like, he's just this big tall dummy and they always like they call him goo goo and make fun of how dummy is <laughs> like, but they made tanner like the the himbo which yeah is yeah, weird. they make tanner dumb because if they didn't make tanner dumb they would have had to have made him a horn dog which at this point 2013 that is too taboo so he's not a frankie avalon horn dog he's just kind of ditzy right which adds to how gay he seems <laughs> yes because he's there's no dry like the driving force of all those beach party movies is that frankie avalon wants to bone mm-hmm. and tanner he does he certainly doesn't want to bone any of the women <laughs> yeah the, the guys all seem like they are ken dolls and they just yes. have like bumps down there you know what i mean like you get yes. this asexual energy from it which it's a massive just, like, asexual vibes from this movie adds to like how kind of odd and like how there's just so much like discordance in this movie um but there are some like points that i think are kind of fun like when they sing uh the number um like boys like or whatever or like me or whatever that song oh, is called yeah because yeah, they're, and... they're split up to like the two different packs like the girls are having the slumber party and then the boys are doing something Playing pool <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah that that is a cute number and they sing about uh so the movie boys and the movie girls sing about what they think the opposite sex wants and then mac and brady always interject like kind of horrified at the gender roles with like the modern idea of what the opposite sex wants and one of my favorite lines in the movie is when mac is like pick up the check and then layla's like no they go pie <laughs> it's just like really cute and the funny thing is that the movie people are often like right about things because like brady is like not successful at seducing mac at all you know what I mean? And so yeah. it's just like, it, there's this funny dissonance going on that like an unintentional dissonance about the kind of like progressive gender role thing the movie's trying to do. Yeah, they they really do try to push, the, yeah, like this 
very like of today like well girls can blah 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 and like boys can I don't know do nothing like and (laughs) yeah they're like (laughs) girls can surf and girls can do this and that and boys are just there boys are just dumb Kendalls it's yeah it's kind of it was a little bit off-putting and then I have to say to Mac her character she was just such a bitch like Mm -hmm. just such a bitch and like everything was stupid she hated everything like but that is accurate though in a way like to the the modern girl like you know what I mean yeah and there was the one number that really like that I would have had like to peewee Herman mute it was the one (laughs) where where they just like they're like oh I can't stop singing like oh I'm in a musical it was just so to my to my like just so grating and so like oh we're Joss Whedon like ha 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 like oh I'm in a musical and I can't stop singing about it like I want to stop singing like no shut up I love singing like (laughs) like I I like I like musicals like I like I, I like cheesy stuff like it just it was very I just found that that number particular and like that whole attitude to be really annoying like mm-hmm. like they they want to do a musical but like they're too cool to do a musical yeah but, well that's that's what happened also like we talked about last time I was yeah. on here uh with high school musical three mm. where like culturally things had changed and you had to be like ironic about doing a musical yeah uh, in order to excuse doing a musical, you know? And so, like, Teen Beach Movie suffers from that, where the entire framing of the movie is, like, this big joke, that they're in this corny, wholesome movie, and uh, Mac is there to make fun of everything within the movie to, like, you know, have the critique from within so that audiences won't point and laugh at it. Right, because she's already there preemptively pointing and laughing yeah which like assumes that you're going to be pointing and laughing at it which i actually don't think i don't like yeah like that's been very popular with movies you know obviously for a long time now but it's um it's annoying and it's it's kind of like this way of like avoiding vulnerability or something like putting yourself out there too much or Um, just the the whole idea that i mean can't we just as a culture get past the idea that like a movie musical is unrealistic like yeah it is who cares like like this isn't a documentary like it doesn't like can we just move past that collectively Mm -hmm. like I I feel like I see this all the time and even today like that was um like one of the alleged like jokes in that um Marvel's movie which I mean talking about Disney like having trouble (laughs) <laughs> um, that just majorly flopped. Um, was it like one of the planets they go to or whatever? Like everyone's just singing. And it's like, okay. Yeah, it was cute when Joss Whedon did it on Buffy like 25 years ago. Like, can we just get past that? I Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's very, I think it's a generational thing too, where I, to me it comes off very Gen X. Mm. Like the annoying bratty punk kid and back to the beach right? where it's like they have to make fun of everything that their parents liked. And so anything that seems too corny has to be ironically framed as a joke. Um, And 
So yeah, yes. That's, I mean, maybe that's it's, the vibe of teen beach movies. Yeah, I mean, it. I I don't know the people that wrote it or directed, but I'm yeah. I would bet you're right that they are probably Gen X, or at least from that older millennial uh, generation that that does feel the need to like everything has to have ten layers of irony before you're allowed to like it. Yeah, and so. I mean, there's some good dancing in the movie, but you can tell that it's not Kenny Ortega standards. And it's 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 fine. Like I remember I kind of enjoyed it when I first saw it. And I enjoyed it because it seemed so unusual being about the beach. Since that, I mean, there was a sequel, which was even worse. <laughs> but yeah. then there hasn't really been beach stuff uh, after um and the thing about teen beach movie 2 is that i mean teen beach movie the first one is that like there's almost these uh kind of tributes in a way to like blue crush and like this the girl power surfer movies of the 2000s cuz mac needs to like catch the big wave and all of that stuff um, right well and you know we're supposed to take note that like her boyfriend isn't going to catch the big wave he's on the the side like cheering for her which yeah <laughs> poor brady just his yeah. whole personality is that he just he loves her and she doesn't care about him and there's there's like some moments that are kind of fun like that kind of fun discordance in a way where when layla thinks she's in love with brady and she's just being so feminine and he's like clearly like taken aback and like attracted to that and she's like, you're my hero. And he's like, oh, you know, and you can tell that he's into it. But then he's like, oh, no, like I like and he pushes back uh, like there's there's those moments that are kind of funny. Um, and uh, I don't remember much about the second movie, but I I do remember that they took the kind of feminism thing and cranked it, and it even didn't, higher. <laughs> it didn't even have like at least the first one did have kind of a more fun vibe to it with like the mad scientist and his um like I loved all those scenes with um whatever the I mean they were also extremely gay uh <laughs> 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 like they were <Yep>. funny <laughs> like I, I enjoyed them um like so those I thought were like that that is the stuff I thought that worked was where they really kind of leaned in to just the camp of what those those original movies were yeah so like the the mad scientist like all those scenes were great um i actually did like the uh biker gang even though <laughs> even though um they think they were yeah like they weren't quite um accurate to the beach party movies like the biker gang was still a lot of fun um mm -hmm. With the one girl who was like obviously doing an Amy Winehouse uh, tribute, yeah, <laughs> like Amy Winehouse in the beach movie, like. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's at least at least her hair was like super teased. Um, yeah, that, there was like weird yeah. like rockabilly stuff going on. Yeah, like twenty tens rockabilly, but no, they were fun. I think that. Um, John DeLuca is talented and he looks like a young Tom Cruise. Um, and so like the, the, the cast had like, there's some talented people on the cast, you know, it just like the movie was a big 
mess. Yeah, and it does make sense too if they did because I just watched the streaming one on Disney. Um, and if they did cut some comedy scenes featuring Big Mama, then then um yeah that would add to i think the discordant feeling yeah i mean i'm just saying like maybe my memory is not accurate but i remember her being like featured more on screen yeah so i don't know but i mean it wouldn't be the first time disney like cut something out like (laughs) like some sort of stalin thing of like just erasing history (laughs) yeah yeah they've Um, they've definitely done it before um yeah and it would have been nice to see like um it was suzanne crier and barry bostwick who played like the adults um mm -hmm. if they had been not parental figures but had been like given more to do i think that might have added a little bit more to the appeal um, yeah, because like, like when I saw the the grandpa, I was like, why does he look familiar? And um, yeah, it's Brad Majors from Rocky Horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like we he the, like there is more that he could do. And I love Suzanne Cryer; she's very funny. Um, and just yeah, she her, plays like, the mean aunt. Yeah, have her show up for like McElroy. two minutes. Yeah, as like the mean aunt, and like she could be doing so much more. Um, they could have had yeah. Well, anyway, there's there's a lot that could have been done, but um, yeah, it's not uh the best movie I've ever seen, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like if you have like in you know what like ninety minutes or whatever, and um, there's there are worse things that you could do with your time, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean it's just interesting as the last entry in the kind of yeah. beach movie because one of the genre. things. Um, about teen beach movie two is that like you were saying um and like back to the beach they show showcase like the 80s beach culture so when they they showcase like the beach culture of like you know quote unquote today um in teen beach movie two it looks so unappealing like is that just me (laughs) i was like looking at the like everything that was happening on the beach and i was like ugh. I don't remember the second one quite. Okay. All I remember is that like Mac takes Layla to math class or some crap, and they're yeah, like, "Girls can do math." And it's, it's very like, what's that movie with Reese Witherspoon? Like Pleasant Pleasant Valley, where oh, I think that's Pleasantville? it. Pleasantville. Uh, is it oh. Pleasantville where she like she goes from like black and white to oh. color? Yeah, Pleasantville, I think okay. it's Tobey Maguire, and it's, like, about the 50s. And... Yes, that's it. Yeah, and she, like, has, like, um, an awakening by, like, doing homework. <laughs> yeah, like... what would have actually been a good movie would have been if the, like, horny 1960s teens had, like, corrupted <laughs> the, like, asexual, internet-addicted Zoomers in <laughs> Teen Beach Movie 2. Like, I would I would watch that movie. You know what I mean? Well, that's, it's, um, that's kind of like, uh, so Totally Killer, which, I don't know if you watched that one, but... No, what's that? Oh my god, it's on, um, Amazon Prime. Oh, wait, I, that's the 80s movie yes, thing? Yes, like, I highly, highly recommend it. It's like an 80s pastiche movie. It was really enjoyable. But it has, like, a Zoomer, like, going back in time to the 80s. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, like, horrified by everything. <laughs> I've been meaning to watch that. It's really cute. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, there's <laughs> this ever-lingering notion that the past was so restrictive and puritanical and that, like, 
nowadays we're so free and (laughs) I think like honestly the opposite is true in a lot of respects but nobody's like talking about that yeah well she like the main character in like totally killer goes around like it's really problematic (laughs) (laughs) and people just look at her like she's crazy like it's a (laughs) t-shirt yeah no good I'm glad that they did that but yeah Teen Beach Movie 2 was a major flop the actors uh like Ross Lynch has had some sort of career and like he was recently in Troy Sivan's music video for one of your girls and He's in it as, like, a ostensibly straight guy. <laughs> There's all this weird lore or something about him and his sexual orientation that, like, Zoomers who are younger than me seem to give a shit about. I don't oh, care. Does, I've does never he... found him very appealing in any no. way. Is he one of these ones who, like, plays the um the line of, like, is he or isn't he for yeah. attention? Okay. I think so. I mean, he's one of those, like, I mean, if you grow up in the Southwest, you encounter these a lot, like, per, like performing arts Mormons, mm. like Derek Huff and Julian Huff. Like, he's from, like, a big Mormon family of, of, like, musicians and dancers and stuff, and that's his background. So there's, like, an inherent taboo to his, you know, potentially... Uh, gay whatever i don't know but one thing i will say about uh the actor who plays tanner in teen beach movie and all that stuff is that because he's so clearly gay in a very tab hunter way (laughs) it kind of lends the movie this kind of funny like sense of like old hollywood hiding people's very obvious sexual orientations and so there is almost, like, this kind of uh, accuracy to, like, old Hollywood movies in a way because it's, like, he is so Tab Hunter. Um, yeah, he he had that, um, yeah, just that classic, like, he reminded me a lot, actually, of um, in Clueless, there's, like, the very first guy that um, oh, right. Cher is, like, trying to seduce and he's obviously gay. Um like, he has, like, that kind of vibe about him, mm-hmm. where you just look at him, you're like, oh, he's gay. But if you don't know about gay people, then you, <laughs> then you don't realize Yeah, if you, you were born yesterday. <laughs> and, you, yeah, you've never seen a gay person in your life, or it's 1997 or whatever year um, Clueless mm-hmm. came out in that, you know. Um, yeah, this is very funny. Yeah, so uh, none of these actors seem to have really done much of note, um, which isn't entirely surprising considering this wasn't exactly a vehicle to stardom i mean even the high school musical people other than you know zach um and vanessa Mm -hmm. really didn't do much yeah exactly you know the disney i mean i feel but i feel like that's always been the way with disney though i mean the, the disney stars very rarely kind of cross that border I guess except I mean maybe somebody like Miley yeah Miley Miley did um it takes a certain star I mean even Annette herself right she was the only mouseketeer of her group really to like Mm. be catapulted into stardom um yeah I mean you have to navigate 
you have to navigate the transition from from that closed world of children's entertainment, you know, for children, and to, to cross that border and to become an adult without alienating the fans who had liked you as a kid, mm-hmm. um, you know, by going like Christina Aguilera, like dirty, or, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, like looking like you're soaking <laughs> urine. Yeah, or, um, but, but being able to like maneuver, I guess, like that border Mm-hmm. Um, is tricky. Like it is tricky, and it very, is. very few people manage it. Because I mean, um, and then to and to do it all without like melting down. Um, and yeah, because having... like Britney did it, but oh, then she went Brittany. completely yeah. insane, and you know, um, everyone knows her her story. But at the moment, Olivia Rodrigo is attempting this kind of journey, and um. She's navigating it decently. Um, she hasn't really done the Miley Cyrus bangers, like, I'm a slut now <laughs> kind of <laughs> announcement, which, like, the clock is ticking, so maybe she will. <laughs> maybe that's, um, the next, that's the next album. But yeah. The next album. I've so, come around on Miley. I, I, um, I love Miley. Yeah, I was indifferent to her for a long time, but I finally come around i think she um because i actually i was watching um oh what's that show black mirror on netflix and oh yeah she, she yeah and yeah i thought that was actually really well done i was like oh miley um yeah i love miley is very talented yeah. i think that her you know image as hannah montana definitely hindered her being taken seriously and also because the world had a complete meltdown when she twerked on robin thick <laughs> oh god <laughs> at yeah. the 2015 vmas i know well, uh, i i've always been a i i like miley a lot i think that bangers and i think um miley cyrus and her dead pets are definitely albums to check out yeah and um i do recommend if you're a miley agnostic as i was that episode <laughs> of black mirror was was really well done um mm-hmm. but you know what's um speaking of like the whole twerking on robin thick I think the other thing that was kind of interesting about those teen beach movies, like as like looking on it from 2023 is the lack of um, hysteria about grooming and Mm -hmm. and just like there was no, no hysteria, no concern about um, like any of that. So you have Annette. People were like sane and everyone's (laughs) brains have been scrambled now. I mean, yeah, like Annette Funicello's character chases after this like fossil of an (laughs) old man in a beach party and like people don't really care that much. I mean, like Frankie's mad. Yeah, I mean, Frankie's mad and like the the guy is like the beach guys think he's like kind of lame but there's no like horrified like, oh my god. He's he's grooming her. he's grooming her yeah where he's he is depicted she was grooming of, him yeah. to be real. <laughs> yeah, she really was she made him shave his beard off um and then, <laughs> and then his like lovely assistant marianne who is obviously like interested in him there's no weird like oh um you shouldn't be dating your assistant like well yeah like okay <laughs> maybe you shouldn't yeah. be like hiring and promoting people based on whether you want to fuck them but you know if you have a relationship mm-hmm. with your assistant like is that the end of the world like mm-hmm. no yeah mm-hmm. i mean people used to understand that 
sex is part of life and libido's normal and now everyone is insane and on a million meds or whatever and they're not in touch with their desires and so it makes yeah. watching something like beach party actually shocking yeah or um buster keaton and bobby shaw in um pajama party where he's this like 60 year old like you know ancient comedian um mm-hmm. and just the fact that like that used to be such like a classic vaudeville um like trope of like the old comedian and like the nubile assistant right like that's just mm-hmm. such an old 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 just like deep in the like human nature like pairing yeah. um that we have completely jettisoned like that we don't do that anymore like the the old yeah. comedian and the nubile young um ingenue like that's that is gone that's out we don't do it it's like taboo it's forbidden um mm-hmm. but there is something very um like primal about it almost yeah the movies are very primal like it's fitting that like there's an anthropologist observing like there are this like wild like these wild beasts and because there is just a primal energy to the eroticism in the movies and i mean you're right that all of that stuff is very taboo now but i think it will come back um as i said earlier like these things are cyclical and we've been in a a kind of version of like the doris day 50s for a while and now we're kind of i think re-emerging from that so i have i have hope you know what I mean? Like, it's, I think uh, people will push back. Yeah, I think we're already starting to see that with some of the, the more um, Doris Day 50s tab hunter um, puritanical. Restricted. Restrictive. And, yeah, like yeah. censored. And... Some of that is really just, um, it's just flopping uh, at the box office. Mm-hmm. And um, Hollywood is a lot of things, but at the end of the day, it's a money-making industry. And so I think, yeah, yeah, like as tastes change, hopefully we'll see less of um, Snow White and the seven ambiguous creatures that are definitely not dwarves. (laughs) 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 And we'll see, we'll see more of um, Annette in a nice white mesh two-piece on the beach twisting. Yes, please. Well, um, yeah, do we have anything else to cover? I think we... No, I think that's it. Thank you for having me on again. This was fun. Yeah. Um, it was fun to dive into these and uh, just kind of reignite my my surfing uh, passion and stuff to, to go back to the source. Um, and yeah. I'll come back anytime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah, it was a good excuse to watch all those old beach movies again. Um, you really have to watch Muscle Beach Party. You'll love it. Yeah, well, there's this overlap of, like, bodybuilding and beach culture also, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, in the book, um, which I keep talking about, um, the go- the author says that the um, those muscle men had a current of... Um, or they would have been understood by the audience of the day to have a current of like very dangerous homosexuality because um, that is like that was associated like bodybuilding and like 
homosexuality. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's one of the reasons like they were like, they work so well as like the villains, um, which Mm -hmm. we might not pick up on at the time, but um, yeah, cause this is the only one where the biker gang isn't in it. And that's because like the bad guys were these like gay, gay hunks. (laughs) (laughs) That does sound fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. But um, nice. Yeah. Well, well you were you were recording on your end, right? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I didn't record anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. I recorded everything, and um, I will send us out on, I think, um, one of the, the fun songs, from Muscle Beach Party, which is I think it's the Muscle Muscle Hustle Muscle Bustle. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs>